week on Out Now with Aaron Abe, we're talking Scoob. Zoinks. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? We got some words to do now. Now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello, hi. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into some movies via mostly spoiler-free review, the occasional commentary, or some other film movie topics. This is episode 406. 406. Oh, man, that's almost like the uh, the cleaning episode, but, you know, you gotta, you gotta do the number thing, like in Minority Report. Is that this, like... Yeah, where Tom Cruise changes the six to a nine or a nine to a six. Yeah, this is a it's great like, oh, this the, is a great visual joke for our audio podcast that we're doing right now. <laughs> well, we're on video. <laughs> well, yes, for, you guys saw what I was doing. It is episode four hundred six, and this week we're talking Scoob. That's the appropriate way to say it because if you say Scoob, you're not saying the full title. It has an exclamation point in it, so Scoob. It's that's that's the only like way we're supposed we to describe uh, Aronofsky's mother. And and joining us for Scoob this week, we have programmer for the Newport Beach Film Festival, still solving the great mystery of who stole the bacon. It's the lovely Anna Bosch. <laughs> who stole the bacon? Let me tell you something. I so last night I wrote an intro, and I and the and the the, the it got that, lost. that point of it is I have still solving the great mystery of. And just now, seconds ago, I realized I never finished writing the rest of that sentence, which I totally intended wow. to do. Wow. Huh. Wow. <laughs> that said, well, that said I feel like I filled in the blank pretty effectively right then. And also, <laughs> how are you yeah. doing today? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Great. You know, the same. Every day is the same, isn't it? I mean, I feel I'm pretty great. Yeah. It's kind of like Mad Libs. That's what you did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He filled it in this morning. Mm-hmm. He's the creator of doing, it. Or since we're doing, like, a... I mean, Scoob is known to be, like... Or Scooby-Doo is, like, a nostalgic TV show, so you're doing, like, Figure It Out, like Nickelodeon, where you just, like, Perfect. that show. <laughs> you gotta figure out the blanks. Yep. We should start doing more Nickelodeon game shows on the show, Aaron. What would you do? <laughs> You know, we'd have that one. What's that one where like, the kids go through the cave maze and the, they Legend get scared the hidden by temple. hidden temple? Yeah, that one. Yeah, we should do that for the show. <laughs> but just describe everything that we're doing. Uh, I'm making a left now. Oh no! Now there's a guy. There's an adult male that's telling me to go back. I like how our audio drama would be us describing things that are scaring us. <laughs> that could be fun. It would be fun. <laughs> and then make like the the sounds in the background like have a foley artist doing it <laughs> i did that in high school we made an audio no, we're gonna make our own foley we're talking the about whole thing. It there was you great. go it was a lot of fun anyway there you go we are talking scoob this week scoob this week uh, but let me get to some uh, show notes real quick here uh first up we have a new commentary track for the mummy that's out now on itunes that was a lot of fun be sure to listen to that one and we have decided on june's audio commentary track if you want to get prepared for that it is going to be dick tracy Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. Calling Dick Tracy. Exactly. 1990s Dick Tracy. Yeah, you gotta do the the watch. 1990s Dick Tracy of Warren Beatty. (laughs) (laughs) That's gonna be fun now, so yeah, if you want to prepare. And Madonna, come on. 
and Al Pacino and Dustin yes. Hoffman and like everybody and that, is in Dick Tracy. Yeah, that one kid from Hook that the movie Aaron doesn't Char- like. Char- Charlie Cosmo. That's him. He's like a he has like a bunch of degrees. He's very smart. Oh, nice. He's he's kind of like a, a Blossom and also uh, Winnie from uh, The Wonder Years. They yeah, both have like, like PhDs. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, he did, like, Can't Hardly Wait, and then he quit acting to finish college, and he has, like, I think, like, two PhDs, and, like, is, like, a White House, like, he used to be in the, involved in the White House, I think, to some degree. I mean, he's got his priorities straight. Yeah, exactly. Just like Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. He also has, I think, a PhD. Shaq? Education. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what else? Uh, let's see, uh, be sure that we had, so we have, we've had a couple bonus episodes in recent weeks, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, our most recent one was the Academy Awards episode that we did with, uh, Matt Neglia. We talked about the new rules that the Academy put in there. Uh, that was a lot of fun, so be sure to check that out. And, uh, coming soon, as far as these bonus episodes we've been doing, uh, Abe and I, we have, um, been planning to do a, a Cowboy Bebop episode to some capacity. It might either be a series of episodes or just one big episode. We're still figuring it out, but that is going to be... In the near future, as far as what we're doing, you know, next up, as far as these uh, bonus shows that we keep going for. Are. So, Indeed. Uh, all of that's there, and all of that you can find on iTunes. You can go to iTunes, search for our show, and be like, wow, look at all these episodes we have. And what do we have to pay for them? Nothing? Oh, my Nothing. God. Nothing. How can we repay them for doing this free show? I know. Five give... Scooby Snacks? Exactly. Five Scooby Snacks, ratings and reviews. <laughs> that'd be great to get on iTunes. Bump us up on the old charts. Uh, that'd be that'd be that'd be a lot of, much appreciated. Did you know that nothing costs less than the quarter that Anton Chigurh gives that gas station guy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's his, his name's Gene something too. Like I'm, 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 he's, I'm pulling he's the names out that today, guy. guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he's like a that guy because it's like, oh, that guy from Chappelle's show episode. He's also in this movie. He's Crazy. in a lot of stuff, but it, like, yeah. God, I used to know his name too. He's, uh, he's the lead wanna... of this horror movie called The Sacrament, and so like that's all. Like, oh, like he has a great. <laughs> he has like now now he's not just like a that guy. He has his own movie. Um, well, the, the Sacrament, no less. Uh-huh. Gene Jones. There we go. Got it. G J. Gene Jones. Anyway. G-J. Okay, that's show notes. Let's uh, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on to one of our newest segments. Our only new stuff, one of our newest segments, one of our only segments, uh, what we would have talked about. Um, fittingly, Scoob did come out on the day it was supposed to originally come out. <laughs> like it, exactly. It, it was released oh. VOD, but it did come out on the day that it was announced to originally arrive on theatrically. That said, mm-hmm. the other movie that would have opened this week, very similar to Scoob, it is, of course, Spiral from the Book of Saw. The Chris Rock, Samuel L. Jackson Saw movie, uh, which I was very excited about. Now I have to wait all the way till next year to see the movie. It's been rescheduled. That in mind, Anna, I do not think you are a Saw fan because you're not much of a horror fan. So I, But did you have any anticipation for Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson star- starring in a Saw movie? No, so I'm going to pass. Okay. <laughs> Abe, any thoughts on, on Spiral from the Book of Saw as we're not talking I mean, about it? Yeah, we talked about the trailer, and we were—I think we were both were like, "Chris Rock is, is EP on this," and and so it became one of those things where story credit. Uh, I was I was really <laughs> curious about what was going to happen, uh, but I, I I would have seen it for sure. 
I just don't know if it would have been that great because the other that guy is in it, Max something. Um, Max Manella. From the social network. Yeah. And I just like how the opening trailer, it's a throwback to like a 90s movie where it's like, these are my kids. And he's like, oh, have fun with your wife now because you're going to be so much a, as a detective that you're never going to see her again. It's like, who wrote this? But still, I was like, I want to see what's going to happen here because Samuel L. Jackson looks like he's going to go rogue and try and catch this guy on his own, but fail? We'll see. I don't know, but after you said the title, it kind of makes me think of, like, Vertigo. Sure. So it's not like that at all? Because, like, Spiral, is there a staircase? Well, the... Yeah, it's just like or, the cool guy's symbol. Yeah, there's a like, there's a kind of a symbol. Spiral imagery plays a role in Saw in general, and so... Right. Or is it, like is it like their mindset is just spiraling? I mean, there's a way to look at it. As Double far as, entendre! As far as, like, how certain <laughs> characters factor into these movies, which are all connected in a very convoluted plotline, spiraling is a very good kind of usage of the word as far as how it applies to this series i mean yeah you know as i mentioned i I was excited for this just because and like i i very i'm not a it's weird i don't like any of the saw movies but i have a weird amount of investment in them i know all of them i know the plot line enough where i'm like i do have a curiosity as to where this is all going so chris rock having it you know coming up with a story idea for a saw movie I mean, like, okay, guys, Lionsgate, it's me, Rock. I haven't, let me do this. <laughs> I'm going to put this in here. Like, I want to know what that is. I want to know what his his thought is of, like, how to continue this series, presumably incorporating some modern elements as far as today's right. culture. Like, I wanted to know what that's going to be. But now i got to wait a year. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've also got, like, that, that um, like, sepia filter on it, so it looks... What well, looked you know, good, yellowish like it, and grimy. It, it had a, it, it was like a good-looking movie based off the trailer. Yeah, it had a little bit more of a budget than the average Saw movie, so that like was probably going to help from a visual standpoint. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it definitely reminds you of something like, um, uh, is it Fincher, where it's yeah. like, yeah, there's, well, yeah, there's like the, the, the filter on here. I've, I've got some cops doing cop stuff. And uh, maybe they're going to go and uh, find some gruesome things. Well, like the, the James Wan original was clearly influenced by Seven. So, you know, it, it all yeah. makes sense. Babe, were you going to say something? Oh, no. I was just thinking you're right because I wouldn't have saw this movie. Okay. But, um, <laughs> what helps you're on is, every week now, Anna. What, what helps is that we're doing this podcast with the cameras on this week. And so, like, when she says that, she, like, did a big wink into the camera, which made it all the more better. <laughs> This episode is very visual for the listeners. And y'all are not going to have to wait to have saw. Oh, no. Never mind. I stopped. My my, <laughs> my jokes are done. I guess you could say that this is spiraling out of control. <laughs> Indeed. High five. Our three-way high fives are getting on, pretty Eric. great. I did mine. <laughs> oh. You have to keep looking. That's, that's the key. <laughs> No, I, I was talking about a pun. <laughs> I saw that coming, but I'd miss it up. All right. There you go. Well, as we mentioned, Spiral from the Book of Saw arrives in theaters next May in 2021. So for now, we're going to move on to our main review for the film that did in fact come out in 2020, Scoob! Scoob, do you realize where we are? No. Look around, man. The clean, modern aesthetic, the cool blue color palette. We're in Ikea. The Falcon Fury. Did you say Ikea? Nope, I said Falcon Fury, just like you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Shaggy and Scooby were taken? Yeah. 
this blue light came down from the sky and beamed them up. I, I can't. I, I can't breathe. I'd have to assume that if they were with their friends, they wouldn't have been kidnapped. Okay, can you skip the emotional punishment? What was some guy in with Scooby and Shaggy? I don't know, but I'd like to shake the hand of whoever created this. And then, you know, throw that hand in prison for trying to kill our friends. Hey! This mangy stray's coming with me. He's not a stray. Okay, then. What's his name? His name's... Scooby. Middle name? Doobie. Last name? Doobie. Gentlemen, welcome aboard. This isn't about some guy in a rubber mask. I would have gotten away with this if it weren't for you meddling. This is about one of us. <laughs> welcome to the Falcon Fury. Turn on the lights. Where are my balloons, Dee Dee? When I say Falcon Fury, that's supposed to cue the balloons. Oh, great. All right. That should have been some of the trailer for Scoob. Next to The Simpsons, Scooby-Doo holds a record for having the most episodes of an animated series that has been airing in some form of its show fairly consistently since 1969, let alone the various films, like 35 of them, I believe, direct to video. Scoob! is the latest major theatrical venture for the series, or it would have been, were the film not released directly to digital due to the COVID-19 pandemic. That said, this is supposedly the first in a series of films set in the shared Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe, which tells the origin story of Shaggy and Scooby and Mystery (laughs) Inc. Before jumping forward to to show their interactions with Blue Falcon and Dick Dastardly as part of a world-threatening mystery. Anna, how much did Scooby (laughs) Dooby do for you? Oh, you. Well, <laughs> well, I'll start off saying, like, I have enjoyed watching Scooby-Doo TV shows in the past. And I was looking forward to this movie because at some point, Aaron and I went to the movie theaters and we, I saw the trailer. And I thought it was really cute, of, like, having that prologue of, oh, this is where Shaggy meets Scooby-Doo. And I I didn't, like, really, I guess, look into it more to where it's like, oh, they do grow up eventually. <laughs> so I'm thinking it's going to be, like, like, a heavy, like, origin story for a good part, and not just, like, you know, the first, like, what is it, maybe eight minutes or so of the film. Very Because then, right, and then, like, oh, I am? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, after that, right, it speeds up into the theme song, and then we see them grow. And I was like, oh, so this is what this film is going to be like. Um, with that, though, I do think the film is okay after seeing it. And it was fun watching it with Aaron yesterday. I'm happy to see the animation of the characters represent how they were created. Like kind of like a nostalgia, but with a clean, slick look with the computer generated, of course, animation. Because if anyone watches like the new TV series, Be Cool Scooby-Doo, that design to me is kind of... it can kind of set you off, I guess, like watching, because then it's not so much like the cartoonish look animation style instead. It's more like the Seth, Seth MacFarlane type of uh, animation, mm-hmm. like with the big eyes, like more adult like animation style, I, I guess you can say. So with that, going back to this movie, Scoob, the animation is fun. I think it's bright. It's colorful. It would have been nice to probably seen it on the big screen. 
because we did watch it off of the iPad, which it wasn't so bad, but just to see probably more of the colors pop because of the, the sunlight outside. So didn't really get to enjoy that portion of it. But there's definitely a lot of things like we'll get into where I feel like some things don't really make the film a whole, like as a classic series. For example, there's I think there's too many pop culture references and there's really um like a it's not too much of a balance of like, okay, this is a superhero movie, but then it's also a story of like a bond between man and man's best friend and then just friends in general and having comic book counterparts, you know, help out this duo with something that's happening with a villain. So we'll probably get into that, but I'll just leave it at that for now so we can move on and get everyone else's opinions. But I think those little uh, moments probably is what was lacking for me. I, um, I have a lot of similar thoughts. Uh, we, I mean, I, I do agree as far as the kind of the, the theatrical components, watching it on an iPad doesn't quite compare. So like it, it might've taken away from what you could have gotten out of a big screen presentation that said, we we now own Scoob, so we can watch. <laughs> you guys just bought it. Well, it was five dollars more to buy it, so yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like that makes might, sense. might as well go for the upgrade to have it forever. It's supposed to two days, um, so we could always cherish the memories of owning Scoob. <laughs> um, I but I will say, I mean, as much as a, you know, watching it in a theatrical presentation might have benefited the kind of t- absorbing how good the animation is because it is well animated. I think my biggest mm-hmm. issue is. There's nothing here that really makes it stand out compared to the other Scooby-Doo direct-to-video movies. Like, there's nothing there that says, like, yeah, those are fine, but this is the real deal. Like, I can't say that I had anything that really went that pushed it to that level. Yes, there's this mm-hmm. kind of world-threatening plot that's cribbed from some major Marvel movies, but, I mean, they, <laughs> the basic, like, gist of this movie is, okay... You got them together for a bit before they get separated, which is a weird choice to do for the first of a new brand of Scooby-Doo movies. And now we just watch them basically get into action sequences as opposed to solving mysteries, which is what I feel like I want from a Scooby-Doo movie, right? Right, the lack of mystery. I agree with Anna completely as far as the opening. Not only do you get, like, yes, a fun, like, origin story take and you see them younger and that's a different kind of look, but it's also... They're solving a mystery, <laughs> like they're doing the mystery stuff that the Mystery Inc. does. And then mm-hmm. the rest of the movie is like, I guess there's kind of a mystery, but it's more like just an excuse to get into a lot of big chase scenes in action. It's not bad, necessarily, but it's just not it like, it's not for this movie. It's not for Scooby-Doo. It's like, okay, you're doing it, and it's like occasionally amusing. I do think there's some, you know, good jokes here and there. There is a lot of pop culture stuff, including one... I guess, major character that factors into the film that we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, it, it feels like it kept holding itself back from being either more subversive about what Scooby-Doo is, because it has elements of that, or, you know, embracing what's embracing what Scooby-Doo is supposed to be as a whole. So, yeah, we watched it together. We had a good time because it's colorful and has its fun moments or whatnot. But I do think it lacks in establishing itself as either something that's worthwhile for Scooby-Doo to be a part of or something that fits with being Scooby-Doo. So it's kind of right in the middle. And Mm -hmm. before I wrap up with this, I get that it's a big movie, so you want to have, like, a voice cast here. Most of them are pretty undistinguishable as far as, like, why you would get certain names to be involved. But I think the biggest flaw, 
and I like Will Forte, but it's Will Forte. I, <laughs> I, he, he's a good, he's a good community performer. He does what he does to, needs to do here, but you know, kids aren't walking in because Will Forte's involved, and I don't think like Will Forte is suddenly going to make, you know, a huge difference as far as the draw of Scooby Doo. Meanwhile, Matthew Lillard, who has a terrific Shaggy voice has been doing Shaggy not only in the live-action films, but in every cartoon series for the past 10 years. So it's like, why did we trade him up? Who Like, not only has he been doing it, but he has a good Shaggy. Like, Will Forte's Shaggy is just kind of like... doesn't sound like Shaggy to me. <laughs> so it just kind of... It was a little perplexing. Uh, right. We'll, we'll talk about more of the other voices, but I just wanted to point that out, because it was like... It, it, <laughs> felt, it started to feel distracting after a while. But Abe, where were you with Scoob? You know, I, I like that you mentioned that Matthew Lillard is doing the voice now because he's kind of like Mark Hamill it. Yeah. Uh, where he's like, hey, I'm just going to go and do the voice forever now. And it's like, and then they cast, you know, Heath Ledger. I'm sorry, not Heath Ledger. They cast Jared Leto as Joker. And you're just like, why would you do this to Mark? Why? Por qué? Por qué? You're suggesting um, that, that Jared Leto or Mark Hamill should have been in David Ayer's Suicide Squad? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, no, I, I'm not the director of that. I, <laughs> nor the casting director. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as Scoob goes, um, I think the the term that I would use to describe this, the single word, is disappointed. And I think that this is a case of I saw the trailer and I was sold on the trailer because I was thinking to myself, oh, wow, they're going to be kids and you're going to really see this development of of them as children. And then the relationship between Scooby and Shaggy and maybe that's going to be for 66 percent of the movie and then 33 percent of the movie is going to be them as young adults, uh, early, early 20, uh, adults. They um, have their own business, so they must be young I know, adults, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> exactly, yeah. They, they basically own up a, a psych shop, uh, like Santa Barbara, but this time in Venice. Um, but unfortunately, it, it doesn't go that way, and it's very brief in its entry of the young characters, just to establish that they can be kids and make, probably make, like, a CBS spinoff show for the mornings, but... The thing that I, I sort of disliked about it, and you guys touched upon this too, is that as you went along here, I wasn't sure what time period it was, and then I knew what time period it was, and then I wasn't sure what time period it was still. <laughs> like it, You get these really weird pop culture references early on, and then you get more of it, and then you get really in the now pop culture references, and then it shifts back, and I think that's part of like the humor that they probably thought about as like, okay, well, let's make this relevant for the the, the adults and the the uh, parents that will go see this. But unfortunately, it really doesn't work. And one of the one of the notes just, that I wrote to, down. I'm sorry, just to chime yeah. in real quick, because that point you mentioned about the few, like the second it opened with Shaggy holding like a smartphone and like listening to like a podcast, I'm like, okay, so this is now. So the rest of the movie's in the future. Like that's that's the only like logic I could explain to myself. <laughs> When it opened up with California Love, I was like, okay, cool. This is like, I guess the 90s. I don't know, strange <laughs> music choice. They also have a strange music choice when they're flying through a cavern. I don't know if you got that, Aaron. It's a song by Outkast. Oh, yeah. And I was like, why would they play this song? <laughs> this has no relevance at all. And it's also like questionable lyrics to some degree. But all that being said, there, there's just a lot in this movie that is very in-your-face, current pop culture in terms of references, but also music. And I ultimately thought this really doesn't work. I think, Aaron, you, you said it best, which is like, I don't really know what they're going for. And I thought to myself, the note that I wrote down earlier was, um, it feels like this was written by a committee. Like you were given different scenes 
and then you were told to write this specific scene, and then mm-hmm. they, they just animated it the way that they wanted to, right? Um, ultimately, it doesn't really work for me because it just has too much – it literally has too much going on for anything that to make cohesive sense. Um, the voices also don't really work because I, I knew some of them. I didn't know some of them, but also why? I, that was Aaron's question. And then lastly, I, the thing that sort of uh, doesn't really irk me per se, but I, I looked up running times for other animated movies in this genre type. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that Wally was like 10 minutes longer, but it tells a much more comprehensive story from A to B, uh, from A to Z, I should say. And even stuff like Kuba and the Two Strings was more or less the same running time as well. Much more complex story, and yet here we are with this movie that I thought was going to be a little bit better than than what it was going to be. Um, it just ultimately has too many moving parts in it without a coherent storyline um, and, and very minimal um, whatchamacallit uh, emotional impact. So it's so, it's definitely a movie for kids that just want to go and watch an animated movie on the screen. Technically, yes, you guys are all right. It, it looks great, sounds great, but, you know, what a what a bummer. I think we all agree, though, right? It's too much pop culture. I mean, when they get to the part where there's somebody who is very relevant now because of his movies in, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I was like, what is going on here? Like, this right. is this was, that was like that was like probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Because you already talked, Abe, about like how the music, how it opens up and it makes you it does feel like you're in Venice. It's California, 90s type of feel and bright and colorful and then he's and like Aaron was saying he has like a an iPhone or something he's like yeah. scrolling music it's all lonely songs and it starts with like Backstreet Boys yeah, but show me I, the meaning of being lonely I will say but then it goes, that, that joke concludes with Ira Glass on a podcast which made me laugh that I, yeah that, that, that definitely made me laugh too right right which you get to the podcast and then there's a lot of talk of like laughter about like Netflix and how you know Fred's like what you have to pay for that and it's just a running joke of like people sharing Netflix, you know, their codes with people. Uh, there's like the scene where are we going to talk about the pop culture individual that shows up into the movie? Yeah, it's Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell is in right. this movie, and it and it's the kind of because I you got you're mentioning like the pop culture stuff. I'm hit or miss on it. I think some of it, and it's not it's less about like the like the references. Yeah, there's a lot of those. It's more of like I don't know the. The, the how they name, work it into how, it? how it's worked in and just like how right. they're talking to each other like there, there's just like there's modernisms that don't bother me necessarily like uh what uh daphne mentioning taxes and then scooby's like i handle our accounts like that kind of stuff that makes me that makes oh, me no, that, that's totally but, okay yeah but it's mm-hmm. still like uh it's not anachronistic because there's no time period established here beyond the fact that it's modern right and like that stuff right. is, that stuff kind of works for me the aggressive when it gets aggressively pop culture heavy yes i think it's problematic and that's i think especially the case with simon cowell who just kind of comes in and it's like why is he here i guess (laughs) because he was on the studio that day like i don't know like i don't know i don't have any other reason why simon cowell would be in this thing well with that said aaron literally so when we're watching this yesterday all of a sudden like they're in that dining area right and they're talking about like um having someone fund them for like their mystery solving company and then all of a sudden you see Simon Cowell walk in, sit down and starts talking to them. And I was just like, wait a minute, I missed something. What happened? Aaron had to rewind it. 
Because I'm like, why is he here? And it's like, okay, Velma was in talks with Simon Cowell about him funding their their company. And I didn't even catch it. I'm just like taking from like, here's Simon Cowell. Like, why is he in this movie now? <laughs> yeah, Which it I really, mean, it did just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, you know, you we've seen all these movies before too, where they have a lot of extensive pop culture references. It doesn't really bother me per se. It's kind of just more of if you have nothing else going on in the movie, it becomes the thing that sticks out the most. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. they, they just the the plot of the movie just really goes very quickly from segment to segment. I mean, there's a part where they have to go drive through the desert as a shortcut, and I was like, why is this taking such a long time? And it ultimately ends up doing what it just gets characters to go from like A to B. But it ultimately doesn't have any real effect. I think the other thing about um, uh, just, to, to, of, just to talk about yeah, that yeah. though, like that's one of my issues with the movie. It, you're talking about people in the desert. It's Daphne, Velma, and Fred in the desert, and right. they're just there. This is Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they all together in this movie? And that's what exactly. kept throwing me off. It's like I, I, I can admire that they're like, let's have other Hanna Barbera characters in this. That's fun. Like that's a yeah. like that's something new to me as far besides wacky racers or like other but like something for today if you're going to incorporate other Hanna-Barbera like okay cool why do we have to like sidetrack most of the Scooby gang though to like make that happen and that just kept that kept throwing me off where I'm like I right I, yeah Mark Wahlberg doing his job as Blue Falcon I didn't even know that was his voice the son of Blue Falcon the, yeah I, I can <laughs> well the second he walked in like oh it's Wahlberg like it's just his kind of yeah uh, chip on his shoulder Wahlberg version where he's co- compensating for things like I got it but it's like this is, yeah, he's a big star, so cool, but we're sidetracking so much here, or sidelining so much here as far as the other characters go, so it feels, again, like it's it's just like generic comic or cartoon movie and not Scooby-Doo anymore, so it's, yeah. right. it's a problem. And, that's where, and I guess that's where we can kind of like segue into like talking about the storyline then, like where are we kind of touching base on that, where it's like, it's fine, but it's not structured well enough, because it's like, what is this movie wanting to be? Is it the comic book? you know, movie with the counterparts joining in, or, you know, what is it? It's neat that it's, yeah, it's an update of an origin story, but it lacks, you know, so much, because it, it looks like they're wanting to do so much. So, like, you've already talked about where it's, like, it would have been neat to, yes, like, I totally agree with Abe, like, have more of a, a majority of the film dedicated to them being young, and how they all even became friends. Like, yes, you get Shaggy and Scoob, and well, we, I guess we do see them, like, when they go, they're out at night, and they all kind of join in together. No, we get we get that right. brief. That, that was a quick, yeah, it's a quick very, introduction. That's before the title comes up. Like, it's, yeah, right. it's brief. And then, um, with that, it would have been nice to just, yeah, see, like, even as a young group of children, just doing, like, silly, like, mystery solving, kind of like, maybe, like, an up, how, like, the little girl is, like, being adventurous, like, we right. see that, right? We see her being adventurous and taking the little boy out and being adventurous together, and then they grow up. Whereas, like, it would have been nice to have seen them as a group of children solving, like, real low-key random, like, mysteries of, like, who took, you know, the candy from – or the cookie from the cookie jar type of little scenes or something. And yeah. then, yes, as we progress, they get older, so now they're getting into, like, the more villainous, you know, storyline where it is a little bit more dangerous. And here we have them – How's it even, I guess like it breaks them up when they're in that diner, right? Well, it breaks them because so, like, because cause, because Simon Cowell is like Shaggy and Scooby aren't adding anything to the game, yeah. so get rid of right. them. Right. <laughs> so like, okay. I think right. that's the downfall, right? You you're breaking up this group 
that's essentially supposed to be together to solve mysteries together. So then you have Shaggy and Scoob go off and just, you know, eat, <laughs> eat their feelings, have emotional time at the bowling alley. And then things happen to where they end up, you know, disappearing. And now the gang has to go and find them. But, but, it, but it also like, it literal things happen. But it also that, it just like, doesn't it doesn't like... add up to anything, right? There's exactly. no, like there's yeah. no you know, if you're splitting up friends, okay, fine, make that matter. And it doesn't. Like mm-hmm. it's more of like once they're back together, because obviously they're gonna get back together, there's no like, right. oh I'm sorry we said this or anything like that. It's just like, okay, we're back together now. Like there's no this feels this feels like it's we're kinda ju- like a it, breakfast it feel, club. It feels right? like yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. It's kind of like the Breakfast Club because they even I think that's what they were talking about, like with Simon Cowell, the, the diner is like how one's like the brains, one's like so and forth. And then what Scooby and Shaggy, they just eat like they don't bring anything to the team. <laughs> and then later, like you're saying, they do team up again. And then Velma ends up telling them, you know what you two are? You're the heart of Mystery Inc. And so go ahead. Like that's I was just like thinking about just, like, I think talking. I think the major issue another major issue with the movie is that it's it's the movie that comes out like too early it's the same problem that other movies have as far as trying to establish something new by doing so much whether it's Mm -hmm. that the tom cruise mummy where it's like yeah it's the mummy but also dr hyde's here or dr jekyll's here and we're going to incorporate all these other things or batman superman where it's like let's put everything into this one for some reason it's like give it some space guys i mean this is the first scooby-doo let's like let's have the origin story then or let's like even if even if you're going to age them up right away after the opening, let's see them do super some mysteries that are pretty lo-fi. Like I, that's fun to me. Like I, especially because yeah. I don't see that very. I've I've seen the world come to a nearly an end because of some dastardly plot a lot. I haven't seen a group of kids do, in an animated film do a simple mystery where there's a guy on a string with a mask on. Like that, you could you could play with that. Like you can you right. can have you can yeah. have, you have fun subverting that for today's audience of like how silly that is and yet how funny that can be. Yeah, it's well, strange guess. to think that, like, It Chapter 1 is a better <laughs> encapsulation <laughs> of this. Yeah, yeah it, it's very strange because that's – I understand that they're totally different in terms of genre, but they are kids that are friends, and you really establish that friendship. And now we're, we're kind of like um, – we're, we're I don't think I want to sound like a person that's trying to say, like, oh, well, I would have done it like this. And yeah, like, not, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. movies are hard, and you guys made a movie, but – and you guys got it released, which is amazing. But still, when I think about this, I think the other part about that bugged me is there's weird 70s referential humor, and then they also stay with, like, the present current time. Um, and that that was unfortunate because Fred is a funny guy, and you guys give him these lines, and all of a sudden he also has to, uh, you know, forget that it, it's almost like the Brady Bunch movie where they knew that they were out of time. and the, Is it the first Brady Bunch movie where it's like, yeah. The first one especially, yeah, they're emphasizing. Yeah, that. even in the first trailer, you're just like, oh, this is a car, Jack. It's like, oh, this is a car, but my name's not Jack. It's like stupid shit like that where it's like, yeah, this is like a 70s dude who just is completely out of time. Play with that or at least give it something where it has a uniqueness to it. Aaron, you, you hit it on the head where it's just like there's just nothing unique about this movie. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't work for a lot of adults that are going to watch this and say, is this something that I can rewatch with my kid? I don't think so. I think you could watch it once. And then your kids just watch on repeat because they paid $25 well, that's for the it, That's the thing. Right? The adult stuff mm-hmm. seems pandering, where other movies that are more effective at balancing the humor for both kids and adults 
they know how to incorporate those jokes that so they work like they make a they don't yeah. make an adult feel like oh like they're they're giving us what we want they're just like oh, okay this works because either i connect to it on an emotional level or i connect to it because that's a that's a fun inside joke that's still colorful or presented in a way where kids can laugh at it also where this is like mm-hmm. let's stop the movie for a second so we can make a joke to make sure dad's still paying attention or mom can laugh at this then let's go back to the kids thing that we're doing and, right. it, it and they probably also jarring. throw they also just like throw a lot of like nostalgia out there right for adults mm-hmm. like the whole captain caveman the dino mutt and like when they enter the arcade there's a lot of hannah barbara characters like squidly diddly on on one of the arcades or johnny quest the q on the laptop or hong kong fooey as well like yeah. it's just it's like what that's what i think the problem is it for me is just like throwing like so much to me was like the nostalgia and then the what is it the pop culture all in there and like lack of the storyline of what are we doing here it's called scoob so are right. we following we're not even following scoob as much it's just and if we are with him they're just like scenes in the blue fa- with a blue falcon and like we're dealing with the blue falcon and how he's under the shadow of his dad so there's so much layers going on right where there's again i'll just probably reiterate which is like you have the story of scoob and shaggy and Scoob Shaggy and the whole Mr. Ink group. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt and Blue Falcon trying to figure out his his like, you know, space in the world of like who he's supposed to be as a, a superhero. And then you have the villain and like a little I guess not even like that much backstory, but his whole emotional pull, I guess, if there is one about his dog that went oh. like, I'll say this. I do think the best two characters of this movie are Dick Dastardly, because I think Jason Isaacs is having a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Dino Mutt. I think Di- Ken Jeong as Dino Mutt is fun. Yeah. Like he, I think mm-hmm. he of that trio, because you also have um, uh, Dee Dee Sykes. You have her and Blue Falcon on the ship, and she's just giving mm-hmm. exposition the whole time, so whatever. And Blue mm-hmm. Falcon's just mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg you know, getting his money. I think Ken Jeong actually <laughs> does a lot with the Dino Mutt stuff, like it, it, outside of the right. action stuff. I think there's there's enough there because he's he has to be like exacerbated by Blue Falcon and funny with Scooby and Shaggy. Like I think there's I'm not giving I'm not going crazy over Dino Mutt, but I'm just saying I do think there's, <laughs> there's a lot there. And I get yeah, and the Dick Dashley stuff. I think that's that's fun because it's yeah. silly and yes, the fact that there's a strangely like the the most like emotional connectivity comes from him and muttley who he lost so right especially if, especially if you know <laughs> if you, especially if you know the cartoons from beforehand because mm-hmm. i'm thinking where is his dog and then they explain where <laughs> muttley is like okay there's actually something there they're not yeah. they're, right. they're not giving me much to do with it but at least that's something like there's no and not that scooby-doo requires this but there's it's not like i it's not like when Scooby and Shaggy left the gang, I'm like, oh no, are they going to get back together? Like, I'm not feeling that. That's <laughs> where at least yeah. the Muttley thing is like, okay, they kind of explained this, and that kind of makes me, you know, have some and sense it, of feeling. It's actually for like it. a funny way, though, they explain it, too. The, uh-huh. the visuals and the story they yeah, use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, what is going on here? That's actually probably, that's probably the cleverest <laughs> sequence in the movie as far as how he's telling the story versus what we're seeing happening. What actually right. happened. Yeah. It was a great 500 days of summer. But do you all agree, though, like with there's just too much layering of stories and it's not really being coherent. I mean, it, it's almost like it, it's not even a layering of stories. It's actually just kind of like a layering of ideas. Um, right. And that, that's kind of where it becomes 
problematic. I think the other the two things that I want to bring up, which was, um, and then we should get into characters, um, is one of them is, Aaron, you had mentioned that this is a team, and yet we don't get much of the team, and that is unfortunate, because I think the crux of the, the issue in this movie is all because of a removal of a collar, and it's like, okay, well, this doesn't really affect me in any way, because I had never know I have never known for them to be too uh, upset about it. Um, and the other part of it is there's not a mystery to solve here. No, like it's, it's hardly just, it's a mystery. It's an adventure yeah. story, not a mystery story. Like we've mentioned Dick Dashley, which is a, a a name that I think is for kids and adults. And I was like, why are they saying this so much? But still, it is what it is. I also mm-hmm. like calling this dossier. It says Richard, uh, and I was like, yes, that that's funny. But still. There's not a mystery here to solve for the team. And that becomes, um, it's like, well, what are we doing here? They're just running around doing nothing until they have to converge and fight uh, some some uh, villain at the end there, generic villain. Um, and it's kind of dumb. Yeah, because yeah, well, like, like the mystery is resolved in the first, like, you know, once there's like, this thing's happening. They're like, okay, this is why this thing's happening. And that's the mystery. Like then, then it's yeah. just, okay, now we got to solve it. Like, or now we got to prevent it, I guess. Like right. there's no, yeah, there's no, <laughs> like, there's no hidden character to be found. There's no, and it's, you know, excessively fantasy and supernatural. It's not based in reality anymore either. So it's like, that that's the other problem that I had. Whereas like, why are all these things seemingly okay in reality? And then all of a sudden it's out of reality. And now I have to accept mm-hmm. that there's, there's like it's it's our world right now, like our Aaron Anna Abe world, and yet there's like these things that can happen. Superheroes exist, I guess that you know robot dogs with rocket launchers exist. Like what what am I supposed to like, believe here? Because yeah, right. I think I'm thinking way too much into this as like a kids movie, but still stick with something and make I, it work. You know I, I mean? that that like, point I agree with. Meatballs, stuck with something, and I was like, okay, they live on this small little island under the G in globe map or whatever yeah and their their entire city is just so weird but still they stuck with it here's like it's venice california the sheriff's department stops them on the on the way to like the desert (laughs) um they get picked up by they go to greece there's tourists there people with different accents it's crazy Mm -hmm. i don't know i went to greece twice yesterday (laughs) <laughs> yeah. we, we watched two movies that had, had grease involved in them i i don't disagree I, I don't disagree i i will i will say it's not new for scooby-doo to in, incorporate supernatural elements or fantasy elements but i don't disagree with you as far as how much it's trying to do here and the lack of reaction to it like if, mm-hmm. if you're going to make a movie where it starts with them being like oh it's mr Kreider and they pull off a mask and then they go to oh my god they're shape-shifting robots in front of this spaceship yeah they don't say oh my god it's more just like I guess there's space. I guess there's shape shifting robots. Whatever. <laughs> like it's just, it's too par for the course. Like it's too like, all right, we're not. They're not referencing the idea. It's like, oh, I, I missed the days when it was yeah. just pulling off a mask. It's more like, I guess we're doing this now, and it's just kind of let's just fall in line with it too quickly. So. And that's again, like I'll just end with like how it's going back and forth with superhero and lack of mystery. It's like, is this going to be like a Marvel like movie, or is it supposed to be Scooby Doo mystery fun? Because Another thing, especially with Scoob, is that it lacks that reveal of how things were staged, how things occurred, mm-hmm. and how in the cartoons, like, that's what they do. It's like, there's that lack of mystery, the breakdown of, like, okay, this is how the villain did this, and you take off the mask, and there was, like, this hanging over here, you, you know, take the curtain down, you see how all this 
kind of came into play. There's a, right. a large lack of that for a Scooby-Doo movie, um, which I felt was a bummer. Cause again, like that's what happens in the cartoons. Like you, like I think they mentioned or Daphne mentioned when they're like in the little jail cell, when they get caught of like, Oh, I wish, you know, Shaggy or Scoob were here because then Shag would fall over and then something would happen. And none of that ever happens. We don't get that. Right. That self-referential humor. I was actually expecting something to happen. I was like, that's funny. That's a clever thing to do. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, let me do something stupid like what Shaggy and, and Scooby might do, and, and it'll actually work. Uh, but it and doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. And the, that's, I the, think, that was like the, I think the, my most disappointment with the movie as well. It's just like that yeah. lack of revealed how all of this came together as a mystery. Yeah. My, my last two nitpicks here are one around the friendship. Aaron, you mentioned this earlier in the episode where it's like, hey, these guys are all friends. I don't know why it's showing just like Shaggy and Scooby or like why it doesn't show them as a collective unit being friends. One of the lines at the end here uh, is sort of along the um, sort of long. Well, the only answer here can be Shaggy and Scooby because they're best friends. Like, aren't you guys all best friends? Shouldn't there be more of like shouldn't there be more of like a, a rip in this of like, oh, well, maybe uh, maybe Fred can do it because. Well, Fred's the leader, and it's like, no, 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 no. Well, you know, there's no, there's not even a discussion. It's like, it's got to be you two because the name of the movie is Scoob. Um, and the other part is like, there's a there's a strange emotional beat, which doesn't work, but it also doesn't last for too long, so it really doesn't work. And I don't know. Th- those are just weird nitpicks. But I do want to get to Dick Dastardly, and also, you guys have mentioned this is like a Hanna-Barbera universe. One of the funniest times I laughed here, I won't spoil it, is when uh, Tracy Morgan comes into here. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I literally was like, this is the <laughs> best scene in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there there are a lot of characters, which some of them I didn't catch. But I am curious about this Hanna-Barbera universe you guys talked about. Uh, if you guys could talk more about, was there a discussion about building this out? Yeah, that was the initial idea when they started working on a Scoob movie. They're like, what if we did this but also incorporated Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters? So... <laughs> It's not unlike any you know number of studios that are like, yeah, we can incorporate all our characters because that's the hit thing now. It's just Scoob seems like it's a few years late on catching up on yeah. the fact that that's not yeah. the most effective way of doing something unless you've already established it and then kind of mm-hmm. you know backwards walk into it and be like, oh, yeah, I guess we can do this mm-hmm. here. And again, I don't fault it because that is funny to me or like inherently interesting as far as, okay, yeah, Scooby's been around for since 1969. And as I mentioned, there's like th- over 30 direct-to-video movies. What do you do that's new with Scoob? Yeah, bring in Captain Caveman, bring in bring in sure. Blue Falcon, bring in Dick Dino Mud, bring in bring in Dino Mud. Yeah, uh, like that's that's a fun that's fun. I can see that working in a script that either incorporates it better or does the work to get up to that point to begin with. I'm not saying I need like a Dino Mud movie before I see like the combination of Scooby and Dino Mud, but I'm saying there's a way to do this that can be more elegant. I guess. That's why is this like Marvel like Endgame all of a sudden? Because now you're getting <laughs> yeah, all these other characters. It's skipping. And that's yeah. why like Batman Superman's the best example of that, right? Where right. it's like you've had mm-hmm. one Superman movie, and then you're like, okay, now Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, Lex Luthor. Like what? Like let's slow down here a little bit. So let's, right. Uh, like, who's Batman? I, we have him now. He's been doing it for years. What? Okay. Like yeah. <laughs> So like here here you can get away with that because it's cartoons and they're cartoon mm-hmm. characters that have been established for a year. Like I get that. It's just you know, it's and I'm not gonna say they're the only ones that can do this, but it's not Lord and Miller, who, you know, yeah. very much know how they can like, you know, the Lego movie knocked that out of the park pretty easily. Uh, right. not easily. They did a lot of hard work on it. They did the work, is what I'm saying. They did the work, like, for sure. Where this is more Same like running we, time. This is more, more like we can cash in on this. 
And it kind of starts to feel that way, especially when you have very specific kinds of people that are involved in it, like having Simon Cowell, where that feels like, well, he has a Warner Brothers contract and he's here today, as opposed yeah. to, wouldn't it be clever if we had Simon Cowell involved? It's like, that doesn't feel like that. And he's so drawn was... exactly the way Simon Cowell looks in real life, as opposed to yeah. everybody else. Like, he kind of looks, or like, he looks like a Sims character, too. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, the animation gets odd with him. But I was just looking, like, I guess, like, he's been a big fan, so it's both him and his son are featured in the movie. Well, good good for them. I mean, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not saying it's horrible we're, that we're he's not in this. Like, he does, no, he no. does his job. No, I'm just saying, like, it's just, it's kind of, it's an odd fitting in the movie of, like, how he's presented. If you don't catch it, like, I didn't catch it. Like, in that dining scene, I'm like, okay, all of a sudden this guy, Simon Cowell, walks in and sits down yeah. and does his whole spiel. And then go back to Abe of him talking about, like, you have this whole group of friends, and then I was just like, okay, it's Shaggy and Scoob that can solve this whole thing. Well, that's why they end up bringing that whole other element of, like, is it ancient Greece, Greek history of, like, there was this guy and his dog. I'm getting confused with, like, the other movie we watched. It's not Alexander the Great, <laughs> but someone else. Did you guys like, watch uh, Gods and what, – what's the one with uh, Brenton Thwaites? Gods of Egypt. Gods of Egypt. Is that what you guys watched? No? No. No. We watched the as far as the it? other Greece movie, is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, they're not even in Greece in that movie. No, we saw we saw the trip to Greece, the latest oh, in one, okay. of, one of my favorite ongoing franchises. Yes, yeah. But right, so it's not is it just is it made up like what? this dog and like oh no, there's a no, no, no yeah the, the, Alexander like the Great had yeah yeah, yeah no no but like I mean I'm talking about in Scoob like it was a guy and a dog and it's oh, this lineage of dogs. I, don't know. That's probably oh, yeah. that's probably all fake. Yeah. Yeah. As far I, mean, as... I don't think I've ever heard of Alexander the Great's dog. No, but Alexander the Great. Had, no, he has he has a dog. Uh, but, and male have... lovers. But be, to... but beyond like building out like a line yeah. of succession of his dogs, there. Yeah, obviously that's for Scoob. Okay. Well, do y'all remember? Was that the storyline for Scoob? Is it Alexander the Great and the dog? I. Or is it someone else and a dog? What are you asking? For so Scoob in Scoob, yes. Yeah, it's Alexander the Great. That's who they're. Called. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Ag. Because <laughs> it's yeah, I'm thinking about the other movie. I'm like, it's someone. Okay. The so original. Ozymandias. They, <laughs> they stumble on like this like whole storyline now that that's the reason why it has to be Shaggy and Scoob because Scoob is like some is the last of like the lineage of that type of species of a dog, and so I think that kind of goes back to what Ava was saying because he's like okay now you have this team and now it only comes down to them two to be able to you know solve this and it's just another interesting point because it gets just gets thrown in there of this is the whole reason why now it's Scoob's movie because yeah. they're after Scoob because he's the last descendant of like that dog species so yeah has a lot going on <laughs> there is yeah I mean last I just do want to do some voice shout outs because uh, Aaron I agree with you Jason Isaacs he sounds like he's having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ken Jeong, those two, and obviously mm-hmm. Tracy Morgan. I think that trio yeah, is they, the one that I would give it up to because they, they. I know that Will Forte tried hard for the voice too. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's a voice performer. He's not. It's not yeah. new to this. And that honestly, his Shaggy character, it looks like his Abraham Lincoln character in Clone High. Like that's what I kept <laughs> thinking of when I was watching Will Forte. <laughs> <laughs> Clone High, what a show! Go watch that if you haven't seen it. It's only like what eight episodes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> that Cleopatra, mm, attractive. But the but, other, you know, the voice animation. I agree to like. I feel like it's fine, and like you've already mentioned, like I feel like Diamond Mutt was like the champion of 
the mm. film of like voice actors. But what else was I going to say? Oh, that's like you were talking about Shaggy. It's not so much Shaggy, right? Of like that. I'm not going to do the impression, but like how no, he, he does, usually he doesn't sound like this out. kind of like California '60s surfer dude. He just mm-hmm. he doesn't have that kind of I don't know the Casey Kasemism <laughs> that the Matthew Lillard seems Kasem to like Kasem. nail so well. <laughs> like, exactly. Like yeah. that was and, like I I, have, I actually haven't seen the live action Scooby Doo movies, but like casting casting wise, especially for that time period, where you have Freddie Prinze Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, mm-hmm. Nick Carlini, and then Matthew Lillard, mm-hmm. it's like. It's pretty, it's pretty spot cast, on right? casting, yeah. but Matthew Lillard right. in particular, he crushed that voice. Like he's like, that's a like <laughs> Matthew Lillard's such a yeah. a perfect choice it seems for if you're gonna make a live action Scooby Doo movie. It's like, I don't know what you do differently from this. Like that's a, right. that's a knockout. That's a that's a home run. Pretty <laughs> certain he was like, you know, what? I've got to bounce back from Wing Commander. Let me go do the Scooby series. <laughs> well, he and Freddie <laughs> Prince, they're like they're like in like six movies together. Like they did the yeah. so many... They were they were the boys of the '90s. But you can mm-hmm. keep doing like because Casey Kasem, he did that voice forever. Like he he started it and he did it until he you know passed away pretty much, and then Matthew right. Lord came in. Right. So it's like it's not like he you know you don't lose that voice and like he was nailed. So it's like why is yeah. Will Forte the one? <laughs> like here it's it's weird. I mean like, yeah, it's just big names probably just yeah I, I like Will T- Forte a lot and so I think that he did a uh, serviceable job for sure. Yeah. But I get it as far as, like, from like a media standpoint like, like if you're gonna sell this movie if it was coming yeah. out like theatrically. Yes, it would like it looks exactly. good on like a you know press and whatnot and talk shows to have like today you have Zac Efron and Will Forte and mm-hmm. what is it uh, Gina Rodriguez and Amanda C- like right. I get that I get like the the social appeal of people being like oh these people that I recognize from these movies are in this thing cool but yeah, you right. know what does it add to the movie not a lot so it did you know, feel like that, it feels like that DreamWorks thing of like which is it's it's a little too stereotypical these days the DreamWorks has done better about that but as far as what if we just had big actors? And I don't even know how big some of these actors are to begin with to be like, oh man, that's why I'm seeing Scoob now. But it just yeah. kind of doesn't add up to like a whole lot when, you know, you, you, anyone can voice some of these characters, you know, basically not Scooby and Shaggy. Anyone can voice well, the other three kind of. And not yeah, really I mean, that, that really it. was my, like, I, I waited for the credits because I knew they were going to reveal them all in single stills. Mm-hmm. But I, I was thinking to myself, I can't even figure out who the voice of Fred is. Um, I don't know who Daphne is. I definitely don't know who D.D. Sykes is. But then when you read all these names, you're like, Zach Efron was the voice of Fred? What? And so <laughs> it wasn't as though it was it wasn't as though it was like a like a huge shocker. It was just more of you didn't give me enough Fred to really think about. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, his voice is somebody that I know. You know what I mean? It was just kind of unfortunate. So um, in any case, you know, how do you feel about Scooby-Doo's voice? Oh, it's Frank Welker. He's been he's it's been Scooby-Doo. The dude. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, he's, he was the original Fred. He should have done Fred again then. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, I got this. He's like a six-year-old man. He's like Zach, I got this. He just reverts into like young guy voice. It's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that, that's kind of all that I had here for for the movie. I, I, we talked about the technical aspects. We talked about the the voice cast. We talked about the the plot. But it had a so, it had a junky yeah. XL score that was pretty banging. Is that really true? Yeah. Yeah, Tom. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Tom Holkenborg. Yeah, that's Junkie XL. I was wondering what happened to Junkie XL. Not that they've gone away, but it's just more just like no. Yeah. He go. He he mainly yeah. goes credited as Tom Holkenborg now. As okay, because I saw the name and I was like, who's this 
Who's this Swedish guy or like Norwegian guy? <laughs> he, he's got a lot. He's like he has to be on like Warner Brothers um, like contract these days because he does he does a lot of different movies for Warner Brothers film specifically. Yeah. So. And lastly, just to end on the nostalgic yeah. train, there is like I don't know if you caught it, but like they have to go to Messick Mountain, and that's a tribute to Don Messick, who originally voiced Scooby Doo. Hmm. And so I think that was another like. Um, if you see this on a big screen, like in the movie theater, you'll be able to see more of those things. Because, again, like we see we saw it on the iPad. So it's kind of hard to catch like every little nostalgic thing because there's so much going on in the movie, like the the buildings and like what things are named after and what mm-hmm. have you. But I think that was a neat like tribute because, again, like it is supposed to be a, a Scoob, Scooby-Doo movie. So then they have a, a small tribute to yeah. the original voice of yeah. Scooby-Doo. That is like nice. I, from an animation perspective, I don't doubt that there's, a, and even like the sound effects, like when they're running away and it's always that, mm-hmm. like that, that does weird little sound effect they do. Like there's a lot of like stuff here. And even like the opening where it, when they grow up and it like recreates the intro of Scooby-Doo, like mm-hmm. in modern animation, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun stuff there. And I, cause I don't like, I don't think any of us hate this movie by any means. I do think we no. mostly found yeah. it generally amusing to some degree, even if it could have been better. So like, yeah, it, it ultimately just, I think we all just wish it could have been better. Like, you, yeah. you said disappointed was your first word that you thought of. Like. Right, and I well, think Well, I mean, both... just, just given, like, the pedigree of, like, Warner's Animation Studios in the past, like, decade, um, and then, again, what I saw in the trailer was, like, maybe this is, like, a different pivot from what I thought, but yeah. And you both talk about this, like, on your podcast of, like, how seeing a movie at home versus seeing it in a theater, and this is one, even though it's just, like, if you want to call it like a silly animation film, like it's still something that would have been worthy to see on the big screen because like Aaron's talking on behalf of like even the audio or like we're talking about the animation, the colors, like mm-hmm. you have been able to see that or hear that more in the theater than you do at home on sure. an iPad or television set, you know? Right. So, yeah. Well, great. Cool. <laughs> I talk- feel, I feel like I got all my aggression from the week out this week. <laughs> On Scoob. Yeah, on Scoob. I took it out on Scoob. I was like, oh, work! <laughs> All right. Well, we have reviewed Scoob now, so with that in mind, let's move on. Let's get, let's, uh, before we get to the other half that's going to be a lot of fun, let's get to our, uh, our feedback. Feedback, feedback. Were we not rating this movie? Oh, I'm sorry. We did forget to rate the movie. <laughs> I feel like we were, we're we so encompassing. Back it up a bit. Okay. Who knows the show better, Anna or the guys that are actually? Seems like Anna knows. I prematurely grabbed my iPad. That's why I didn't think about it. Uh, it was, <laughs> all right. Okay, so we've talked about Scoob plenty. When should people go and see Scoob? Should they buy it immediately on VOD? Should they rent it? Should they put it in their queue? What 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 should we do with Scoob, Anna? I would say given the times of how we are living right now where there isn't much for you to do and like try to figure out what you can have kids watch, I definitely would say go ahead and and set it up on your queue to watch. But if it was like for if we saw this in a theater and like we're coming off the podcast of like seeing it in the theater, I would have been probably thought of like you could wait for it. But mm-hmm. given the times, I would say definitely you can see it now. Hey. You know, it, I, I don't think this movie is worth $19.99 to rent, and I don't think it's worth $24.95 to, to, to own. I certainly think that it is one of those movies where if it had just come out directly on Netflix, that's kind of the place where it would be. And then even mm-hmm. then, I would say, don't even watch it. Like, you can wait for it in your queue. It's a weird thought because Will Forte has had two animated movies in the past month, um, one of them being The Willoughby's that was re- released to Netflix. 
I enjoyed that movie much more than I enjoyed this movie. Both of them have faults, but still, um, yeah, this movie is not one that you should pay to go see at all. I mean, parents, don't listen to your kids. You're going to get suckered. (laughs) Zoinks! I'm in the realm of, as far as movies that are available now, I wouldn't say the 1999 is necessarily worth it, but if it's you know in that more like now on digital and you can rent it for 4.99, I could yeah. I can see that. I think that's a fair price to pay if you're you know, we you know should, as far we as start, being at home and watching it. We should start just ranking our our movies at home as like <laughs> how much would you pay to rent it? <laughs> you know what? It's not, so this it's is not a, this is a 99 cent rental. So literal price is right rules. <laughs> you can't go over the 25 dollars then. Uh-huh. You know what? My my uh reviewing of this right now is probably more of like a child who's not paying for it and their parents paid for it since Aaron paid for it. So like if I was paying for it, I probably wouldn't pay for it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys have I the think... best logic, which is it's $5 more just to buy it. And I'm just going to buy it for the price that I'm going to pay to rent it. So there you go. Yeah. Whereas I was I just guess... like, I'm just going to watch it once. I'm never going to watch this ever again. So like I said, like I was saying, like if it wasn't a theater, like would we be recommending go see in a theater? I probably would say wait. But now thinking what Ava's saying about the money, about like that portion, since again, I think I'm just like, oh, Aaron paid for it. I didn't have to think about this. Like <laughs> that is actually it is steep. Like what was it, twenty five then? Like $25. I, I, I mean, put it on the out now expense card. So <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll take care of it later when I do the accounting. <laughs> so I guess like. If I was thinking about, um, if I had purchased myself, I don't think I would purchase a movie for $25 to rent or to buy. So I'll probably be kind of like on the same page as Abe. How about you, Aaron? What are you saying? We no, kind of cut off. Yeah, no, I said, yeah. I, I, the four ninety. If it was like four ninety nine, dollars like oh, okay. rental. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I go back and I agree with you guys because, again, I'm, I think I'm like that child. Like, Mom, Dad, like, can you get this movie? And they're like, uh. Because again, Aaron... <laughs> Aaron bought it. <laughs> I didn't have to use the money to buy it. There you go. But that is that is pretty steep, though. I think like to yeah. rent. I don't think I've paid these. that much for a movie since like what the ni- the early nineties when you had to buy like Lion King and like the nice like bubble package on right. VHS. Or even think going to Blockbuster and like renting movies, they weren't like twenty dollars to rent. Well, no, yeah. That's a... Like Definitely. you probably would like get five movies that add up to twenty dollars, but right. So, well, this okay, is what I we mean, get for first-run movies. Yeah, but this is what we get for first-run movies. <laughs> we needed movies. to see it when it came. We needed to get in on the Scoot water cooler talk. So. Exactly, yeah. All right. Now we can complain about it the whole year. <laughs> now with that out of the way, now let's get to some out-now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us answers. So, Abe, why don't you start this off? The question is, what are your favorite films about kids having to solve a mystery? Chris has Hugo and Monster House, both better movies. Uh, Todd has <laughs> a little bit of a stretch, but the Goonies can fit in this category. Also, Cloak and Dagger and Young Sherlock Holmes. Richard writes, I really like the James Gunn Scooby-Doo movies. Uh, they are cheesy, but I have fun watching. Goonies for sure, Harry Potter films, Explorers, Little Rascals. I'm sure that there are more that I can't think of right now. Justin has Moana. She's solving a mystery for the world. Yeah, sure. I suppose, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Catherine writes The Secret Garden. There are a few versions that I really enjoy all of them quite a bit. That's a that's a good uh, – uh, was it the 1993, 1994 or whatever 
93 um, was started. one of the more recent ones. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a good movie. Would Hugo be there, too? Yeah, Hugo. Yeah, yep. Hugo. Yeah. Um, let's see, Mystery Team with Donald Glover. Mystery Team? <laughs> Do you guys want an eight ball? Well, maybe just two is enough. <laughs> we have a big night of cocaine ahead of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they mentioned Mystery House, which is a movie that I thought about uh, as well um, during Scoob. All right. Next one here. Who's your favorite Hanna-Barbera cartoon character? Luke Thompson, oh. friend of the sh- Luke Thompson, friend of the show, writes Shazam. Todd has Muttley. And Chris has Yogi Bear and Captain Caveman. <laughs> I would have to say um, Dino. Dino from oh, the Flintstones? Nice. Uh, yeah, Dino was my favorite. <laughs> I had a Dino piggy bank. A <laughs> uh, Dino piggy bank? Nice. Yep. <laughs> Really, I really like. Uh, uh, did he? He doesn't talk though, right? That I'm no, thinking yeah. of dinosaurs, the, the the show on ABC. Yes, oh, you're, yeah. you're thinking of the TV show Dinosaurs with <laughs> animat- animatronic puppeteer di- giant dinosaur suits, and not the purple dinosaur from the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forget her name, uh, but the kid, the 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 girl kid in the Flintstones is, is one of my Pebbles? favorites. Pebbles. She's actually really smart. <laughs> yeah. She's like, why is she smarter than all these adults? That's what I always thought about when I was a kid. Um, Meanwhile, Bam Bam's like an idiot. Quite a lovable idiot. In in looking this up, because I was like, what other Hanna-Barbera characters am I not? There's apparently there was a Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids cartoon show, which makes me very intrigued. Paul Um, Newman voiced? I really doubt it was Paul Newman voiced. But (laughs) (laughs) But there was a show. Um, Let's see. I know there was a Godzilla show, but it's it's a, it's whatever. Um, but no, I'm, I'm a big Flintstones fan. So I've always liked the Flintstones. Um, so mm-hmm. Say Fred Flintstone. Yeah, there you go. I mean, they're they're getting like a big old dinosaur uh, wreck of ribs for a Friday night. Yeah. Okay, also, high five because we we're all Flintstones. There you Pebbles, go. Dino, Fred. <laughs> There's also Captain Planet, of course. He's the hero. Oh. He's gonna take it down to zero. Pollution down to zero. <laughs> the power is yours. Uh, the next question: Who's your favorite talking dog? Todd has Frank the Pug from Men in Black. Uh, that's a pretty obvious costume. Uh, and then Chris has, I think, the Pug in Men in Black is a good shout out, or the dog in absolutely anything. <clears throat> talking. Favorite dogs. talking dog? Yeah. Marmaduke. Marmaduke. There you go. Um, I don't know if he ever talked, but he didn't get to. He got into a lot of trouble. Uh, Beethoven. He, he did not. You know, talk. He did no, not that's, talk. That's, so that's not an answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he talked with like his his actions. So, and actions speak louder than words. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other talking dogs. Um, underdog. Oh underdog. yes. There's no yes. Yeah. Is that Bill Hader? What? Or, who did the who did the movie adaptation voice of Jason him? Lee was in the movie version. Jason Lee, okay. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. But I, I, I was just thinking of the, the cartoon too. show. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Babe. Babe has a t- has talking dogs. I mean, they're one of them is mean <laughs> to him. Yeah. And then he, like Agent ends, Agent Smith. <laughs> yeah, and then he ends up helping him because he's like, oh, this guy is actually a really good dog. Like, Tell me the secrets, you sheep. Mr. Anderson. 
Yeah. <laughs> that'd be so hilarious if it was like, uh, yeah, that. Wait, is the farmer's name Mr. Anderson? That'd be crazy. That'd yeah, be, no, bad. but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> performance by uh, James Cromwell. Yeah, Oscar nominated. Was it really? Yeah, he campaigned. That'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> I mean, the whole entire song and dance part, he should just win. Anyway, yeah, that's why I was nominated. <laughs> what, what year was this? Because I got I to write this down for our, 95. Uh, for our uh, Academy Reawards. 1995 that's, Oscars? That's 95, yes. Okay, well, that'll, we'll think when, about it. When Babe was a massive blockbuster and was nominated for like eight Academy Awards. Wow. I mean, come on. Ferdinand the Duck is amazing. Including Best Picture <laughs> and Best Director. Wow. Because Babe rules. And we right we are going to do the 1995 Academy Awards. <laughs> <laughs> to, to get back at Braveheart? <laughs> I mean, he said some mean things about some people in the past decade. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Our next question is, who? what's your favorite Tom Hardy performance? This is in reference to Capone, which also, which also went on uh, VOD this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd writes, Mad Max Fury Road. Adam Gentry, friend of the show, writes, seconded, but he's terrific in Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy as well. Chris writes, legend, where he played two characters, twins. Uh, and uh, Napone has, I think he was underrated in Inception. And Maxwell, friend of the show, has Locke. In, in um, whatchamacallit, um, in legend, is he, one of them wears glasses, right? Or do they yes. both wear they one wears glasses. Yes, they're both. Okay, they're, British, yeah. they're famous, uh, famous real life British gangsters. One of them has is more wild and wears glasses. Yeah. 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 Wait, so just, is just he playing sure. twins? Yeah, he's playing he's, twins. Yeah, yes. He's playing twins. Oh my goodness. It's a good performance. It's, a good, it's the movie's fine, but he's really good in it because he's Tom Hardy and he's generally very good in things. Yeah. I guess my, Bane from yeah. Dark Knight. Bane. 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 Yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Did someone just mention my name on this podcast? I was born in the dark. <laughs> I'm going to get you. <laughs> this could be 20 minutes. Let us not stand on ceremony, Mr. Wayne. Um, I like anyway. standing on steps. No, I ordered extra cheese, no mushrooms, and here we are with all these mushrooms. <laughs> oh, you've been very good at serving me. Your tip would be 20%. <laughs> Where are my french fries? <laughs> uh, my my fake answer is Venom because he's having a ball in that. Did uh, you but say my real fake answer? Yeah, I mean like you know I like it, but I don't like the movie. And the the other movie that I want to mention him is is Warrior, which I think he's he was already bulking up to play Bane in that movie, but he's got a really strange relationship with um, Nick Nolte that really comes to a head later, and it's it's a good performance. Bronson is my pick. Bronson is fantastic. Bronson! It, it, is, it is one of the best performances of last decade, and he's great in it, and it's a great movie. <laughs> you know, I don't remember him in, in Rock and Roll, though. Oh, yeah, he's Bob. He's the third part. It's it's Idris Elba, Gerard Butler, and uh, Tom Hardy. And he's like, yes. he's, he was supposed to go to jail, but he didn't. And he comes out to, get, to, to, to Gerard right. Butler. That's right! But he's so, like... He's so small and that compared to like the movies he did immediately yeah, afterwards. Know. So it's like, you know, he doesn't stand, stand and it's, you know, there's other characters in rock and roll that you think of first before Tom Hardy, who's like, you know, yeah, Bill completely. Movie, so. yeah that's true. Uh, well, the, the next question is, what are your favorite films about characters who are paranoid? Uh, Chris has Rosemary's baby and the thing. Uh, anything else from you guys in terms mm. of characters, paranoid movie characters. Yeah. 
Any Hitchcock movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I think of some good ones here. Yeah, I mean, the, the one one of the first ones that came to mind when I thought about this was um, uh, Guy Pearce and Memento. Oh yeah, for sure. He's just like, there I'm so go. paranoid. I'm gonna tattoo all these clues to my body. Mhm. Yeah, that works. There you go. <laughs> Last question here: What would be your Scooby snack? Oh, wow. Todd writes Funyuns. <laughs> Ruben writes Chicharrones. Mm. And Chris has Twiglets. Not sure you guys have these, but you should. That's because Chris That's obviously lives on Mars. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he lives on an island that, uh, you know, we don't live on. But uh, I've heard <laughs> yeah, of that's the way to it. An island yeah. that we don't live on. <laughs> it could be United. It could be a kingdom. It could be, you know, great. It's certainly an aisle. Yeah. Um, I want to go with nachos. Nachos? With the fake mm-hmm. cheese? Yes. Oh, sure. Why not? Oh, you don't like the fake cheese and the nachos? No, so, like, I used to, like, when the movie theater used to do them correctly, now they just, like, give you, like, a little square, like, cheese to dip your chip in before they used to, like, just drench it. Um, yeah, but your chip I know I love that though. Uh, to be fair, now they don't do anything at all because they're all closed. It's true. I don't know how. Uh, I, I was telling Aaron this is like a weird tangent, but I, I was telling Aaron before at one point I was like, I have like fifty thousand in AMC rewards points that I didn't know that I had, and I guess I could have I could have been getting food for free, but here we are. Well, they're gonna they're, they're they're gonna turn into Bezos bucks soon. I'm pretty sure. So that's right. Amazon might buy them out. In any case, those nachos or even like you know. Your homemade nachos as well is really good. They're, those would be better. I mean, let's face it. Yes, yes. Because you can just add so much to it. like. And real cheese. Nachos. I think that's a big step up as well. <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, that, like, that fake gooey cheese is pretty good. That whole like theater or like even ballpark nachos are pretty are good. But like if I could, like I definitely would do like homemade nachos because those are good. Aaron, do you have a Scooby snack? Jujubees. Jujubees, those pull out your fillings, man. If you're not careful. <laughs> uh, I am also a big fan of candy. I would have to add in um, Sour Patch Kids here. No, Anna doesn't. Anna's not big on Sour Patch Kids because she doesn't like looking at their faces. <laughs> As you eat them. That's why I like the watermelon ones better. There's less yeah. guilt. <laughs> those, those are those are more sweet than they are sour, though. Well, if we were to choose like a candy, I guess I'd go with like a a Snicker bar or a Reese's cup. There you go. I'm just thinking like not like real like food. <laughs> well, that was feedback, feedback, feedback. <laughs> Jujubees have so much protein. I mean, <laughs> this is true. The real ones, yeah. I guess like it's whether you think about snack, like junk food snack, or like healthy snack, or because oh. a, well, a when I think window. Scooby snack, I'm not thinking something healthy. Yeah. No. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry. Now that you brought up Scooby again, how annoyed was I when he ate the two <laughs> Scooby snacks that could have saved them at the end? Very annoyed. Oh, Very but that's annoyed. the that line is funny though. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. No, I'm so weak. That's funny. It's uh, a funny line. <laughs> anyway, it's very it's very uh, self-reflective. It's funny. Anton's <laughs> yeah. here. Um. Well, that was feedback. 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 Aaron. What are we going to do for the second half of the show? What we're going to do... It, well, wait. What have we not... What time has it been overdue for? 
You know, we really haven't done our game segment in a while. Oh. <laughs> That's a pass for me. You're going to Hollywood, Aaron! <laughs> that, was, that was my sound. Yeah. I can't do a British accent. <laughs> Uh, that was uh, our theme for games. That was, of course, the improv theme for games, which we are overdue on in having some yes. straight-up fun playing games on this podcast. And we So figured... you decided to do games with me. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun, though, because what we've done this week to make up our second half of this podcast, we've each made a game that all of us can play. Indeed. So I have a game for you guys. Anna, you have a game for Abe and I, and Abe has a game I for, do. For, for me and you. So, we yeah. have three so different guess, games. I guess this makes sense, then, like you just saying. Like, if you do listen to the recordings, you haven't played a game. You usually do, like, a second half of talking about some other yeah. subject. And now well, I'm like, you know, oh, this makes sense. This is why you told me we're going to have post, so many yeah. games. Post-Bloodshot Aaron has really changed our, our lives a lot. So. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, especially as we want to talk about some serious things every now and then you know it's also good to have fun and i think we're yeah, talking exactly. we're talking scoob makes sense to just have some fun play some games afterwards this mm-hmm. all makes sense to me now because i was like thinking like why are we doing like a second half of like just talking randomly about something else and here we go and for Three the next games. few and for the next few weeks we're gonna have very serious episodes then we're gonna have marcus on for nothing but games there yes you, exactly okay. <laughs> i see what you've done <laughs> games 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 <laughs> 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 oh my gosh okay this so is where we're gonna do that nickelodeon show i was describing earlier that i never know the name of Our Grill <laughs> whatever whatever castle <laughs> no I know. Oh, this made anyway uh, yeah who should go first in the games Anna's volunteering He's here we go hands. i guess i'll go all right i had so much fun doing this okay i'm like a little weary about your games because i probably won't do as well but this is so much fun okay well, thank you for fine Right, so, I decided to make up a game because we watched Scoob, um, mm-hmm. and he, they, both Shaggy and <laughs> and Scooby Doo love to eat food. So my game is called Uh Oh, I'm getting hungry. Can you identify the movie from the food? Oh, okay, let's do. I want to put that on a T-shirt. Rut row, rut row, and all of the words that come after. <laughs> okay, so the way this game goes is I'm going to describe. Some type of food that was in a movie, and you have to call in with your name, buzz in with your name, of course, and then the film the food is featured in. Okay. Got it. You got it? Yeah. Okay. Got it. The first one's very easy, so we'll go with this right off the back. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. In this movie, if you want pizza, you would call Little Nero's Pizza. Abe. Abe. Home Alone. You got it. Bang! You got it. <laughs> Credit card. You got it. That was part one and part two that, mix. That's the second yep. one. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> a talk boy. You ready? Do yep. this. Number two. In detention, everyone brings something different for lunch. However, a sandwich with pixie sticks and Captain Crunch may upset your stomach. Aaron. Aaron. The Breakfast Club. That is correct. Mm. Ding ding. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Number three, you could have a three-course dinner by chewing gum in this movie. 
Aaron. Aaron. Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. That is correct. Number four. Which Indiana Jones movie has a dessert of chili monkey brains? Abe. The best one, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That is correct. Snake surprise, baby. <laughs> I like when he gets the beetle and he like keeps yeah. going at it. <laughs> he That's like so slurps gross. it out. Then he's like, let me make sure I got every bit of the beetle out of this carcass right here. <laughs> it's so gross. They're all thinking they're going to have this lovely meal and like the kids like looking over and they open, they smell and it's like, oh, eyeballs pop up and stuff. Yeah. It's just uh, mildly it's racist, gross. probably. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Five. You would be running downstairs for the gigantic birthday pancakes made by your uncle in this movie. Aaron. Aaron. Uncle Buck. That is correct. Ah, yes. That's a lot of Macaulay <laughs> Culkin this week. <laughs> oh, those pancakes are huge. Get all the honey from these bees in this movie. That's a my girl joke because he dies. No, no. <laughs> he can't see without his glasses. Where are his glasses? Okay, that is so sad. I know it is. I do that to my friends and they're just like, can you stop? Because that's a sad scene. They're like, I've never it seen is. the movie. And your other friends oh. are like, I was born in 2000. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> all right, get ready for this one. Number okay. six. Craving a burger. I hear they have tasty burgers at Big Kahuna Burger. Abe. Abe. Pulp Fiction. That's correct. What's in this, Sprite? <laughs> you know, in Paris, they don't call it a quarter pound of cheese. What do they call it? They, call, they it? call it the Royale with cheese. Royale with <laughs> cheese. What do they call it? Whopper. <laughs> I don't know how to go to Burger King. They just call it a Whopper. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, that's right. The Burger King. Yeah, what a, what a like, line, though. Big Mac's a Big Mac, but they call it <laughs> yeah, Le Big go. Mac. Le no, Big Mac. No, no, it's Le Big Mac. Le Big Mac. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go eat a burger after this. Right? Burger and fries. Okay, number seven. First day of training, you may want to try this traditional Chinese breakfast porridge topped off with eggs and bacon as a smiley face to put you in a good mood and give you Abe. energy. Yeah. Abe. Kung Fu Panda. That's wrong. Aaron. Uh, <laughs> Aaron. Mulan. It is Mulan. Uh, <laughs> I hope that's seen the live action version. <laughs> <laughs> the little cricket pops up too in the porridge. I like how Abe was just so excited. He's like, Kung Fu Panda. I don't know. I was thinking to myself, like, what's the what's the quick answer to try and beat Aaron? <laughs> See, good thing I have Disney Plus, so I was able to watch Mulan recently enough. To be sure that I knew the smiley face at breakfast scene. Disney poops. All right, number eight. Raining burgers isn't the only food that becomes part of the forecast Abe. in this movie. Abe. Cloudy the chance of meatballs. That is correct. Number nine. The main dish is the same title of the movie. Just hope the food critic isn't harsh on Aaron. this dish. Aaron. Ratatouille. That is correct. And lastly, mm-hmm. what movie has a Cuban sandwich that you can Abe. buy from a food truck? <laughs> Abe. Jeff. That is correct. Is this Let's a tie? See. Let's see. We've got Abe close. is one, yeah. two, three, four, five. And then Aaron has one, 
Two. I have five. Aaron's got three. Five. Oh, yeah, right? Why am I even counting? <laughs> there's, there's ten and ten. Woo, woo. Tie, Aaron, yeah. It is a tie. I'll do a dessert one now Here for it. Go. The uh, final. Tiebreaker. Uh, okay. Oh, this is, I'm scared now. All right. I'm scared. Okay. That's a Hawaiian bread joint, right? I'm trying to think of it offhand because okay. I didn't okay. think there would be a tiebreaker, but okay. here we go. All right. So it is a dessert. So here we go. It is Baby Don't You Cry. I'm going to put a heart in the middle of this pie. There's a pie? It's a movie. Also became recently Aaron. a musical. Aaron. Waitress. That is correct. Waitress. Man, that's oh, actually pies. not a bad movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. to the uh, to the yeah, creator. Yeah, Adrian Shelley, I think, is her name. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was a that was a tragic story. All right. Well, the winner Whoa. of of Ruh oh, I'm getting hungry. Can you identify the movie from the food? Is Aaron. Good job, Aaron. Nice. Close game. Close game. Good game, babe. I'll get you a, a Lebig Mac next time I see you. <laughs> or I'll just, or I might just send you a gift card for a Lebig Mac. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Aaron is raising the roof. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we both were. Oh, both Aaron and Abe raising the roof. Wait, put your hands back up. <laughs> On my screen, it works. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. All right, put put your hands up, and they stay there. Aaron and I both did that when that An- came Another out weird song choice in Scooby, <laughs> because that song is from, like, 2007, and yet we are in 2020. Exactly. But we definitely did raise our hands when we watched it. Yeah. Because all you do is win, win, win. <laughs> yeah, no matter what. Um, all right. I have a game. Yes. It is called Scooby-Dooby-Doo, Where Are You? I've got a mystery for you now. Oh. Okay. That's on the back of the shirt that says Rut Row on the uh-huh. back. Um, this is a game where I'm going to identify a location of the mystery where this film takes place. You have to identify the film. Okay. This is how much I know Aaron. I was like, I think Aaron and I are going to come up with very similar games. So I'm not <laughs> going to go with the initial thought that I had. Because he had texted me. He said, hey, do you want to make sure that we don't cross the streams like in Ghostbusters? And I was like, I'm pretty sure we're not going to. And yet I was like, I think he's going to do the same original game that I have here. So... Here we go. Okay. So I'm going to describe a location that take that's a central place in all these mystery films. Okay. Buzzing, buzzing with your name as we do. Ready? Yep. Ready. Number one. This mystery takes place aboard a famous trans-European train. Abe. Abe. The Orient Express. Murder on the Orient Express. I'll give it to you. You got it. Uh, it, it is Murder on the Orient Express. Yes. Murder! <laughs> that was I, the only one I probably would have gotten, but I didn't buzz in quick enough. I, I was thinking of some other names, and I was like, why, why is this not coming to me? Here's the next one. All right. This mystery takes place in Rhyme City, where humans and these pocket monsters live in harmony. Abe. Abe. Oh, do I have to get the, the correct title? Generally, it's, that helps. <laughs> it's, 
Detective Pikachu, a Pokemon movie. That, that Pokemon is, story? You went really well, way off the rails with the title on de- that one. Yeah. Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. It is Detective Pikachu. Technically, it's Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Detective that, Pikachu. Yeah. yeah. But you, you trying to add a subtitle on the other end was very humorous. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. Okay. To solve this mystery, a PI will eventually have to go to Toontown to find the truth. I just watched this movie. Abe. Oh, no. Abe. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? That, that is correct. Yes. Well, let me tell you. let me tell you how much I love you. Let me count the ways. One, two, three. Okay, here we go. Number four. This mystery largely takes place in and around the Thromby Mansion, where a murder most foul was committed. Abe. Abe. Knives Out. <gasps> oh, yeah. It is Knives Out, yes. <laughs> I think it's oh, pronounced Knives. But okay. I'm like Thromby, Thromby, and then I was like thinking Matilda, like the name of the teeth. The... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Here's the next one. Okay, eight wins. No nope. next one. That's only four. <laughs> the thing about this mystery is that it takes place in a town where the hero can never remember. Hmm? The thing about this mystery is that it takes place in a town the hero can never remember. I want to say Abe. And I want to say Memento. It is Memento. (laughs) All right. Here's the next one. Okay. Joe Pants. This mystery is set in New York, but we never leave this courtyard location connecting multiple apartment buildings. Hmm. This is set in New York. But we never leave this courtyard location connecting multiple apartment buildings. We never leave the courtyard. I don't know. Go older. The courtyard. Yeah, we never leave this courtyard location connecting multiple... I I don't know. This is actually really... I'm going to be mad when I hear this answer, aren't I? I don't know yep. this. It's seen like, largely feel... from one viewpoint. In New York? Oh, I'm so mad. Wait, Famous director. What did you say? This mystery is set in New York, but we never leave this courtyard location connecting multiple apartment buildings. Oh. Oh. Uh, Abe. Abe? Rear window. It's rear window, yes. Okay, I thought it was a kid's movie at first, and I was like, I'm going to be so mad if this is, like, Home Alone 5. I was, like, the, thinking the Warriors, I'm like, wait, they leave, they go on yeah. trains. <laughs> Here's the next one. Uh-huh. The mystery for this tiny London-based detective begins in the cellar of 2021 Baker Street. Wait, What? The mystery what for this London? tiny the mystery for this tiny London-based detective begins in the cellar of 221 Baker Street. I wish I knew the answer to this. I don't because I haven't seen this one, but I think I know what you're talking about. It's not Stuart Little, right? <laughs> you're very close. Uh, like I want to say Abe. Well, Anna? Oh, wait, go ahead. You said your name. No, 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 go ahead. No, no, no you go, 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 go. You were already in thought. What are you talking about? 
Go ahead. Okay, Anna. Mm-hmm. Is it Sherlock Holmes? Very close. Tiny London-based detective. Yeah. I know, but like Stuart Little. Oh, I know now. Hit it. What is it? It's the Great Mouse Detective. It is the Great Mouse Detective. He lives at 2021 Baker Street. He lives in the like, cellar of 2021. Uh, Baker he lives uh, in the same home as Sherlock, just down in the cellar. Yeah. Uh, I like Stuart Little. Thought it was two two one. All right. 2021. 221 B. 221. There you go. Yeah. Here's the okay. next one. The mystery of the the mystery of this broken down mecha- the mystery of this broken mechanical machine is largely handled in the Montparnasse railway station in Paris. Okay. Oh, Anna. Yeah. Is it Hugo? It is Hugo. The Adventure of Hugo Cabret. Hmm. Yes, the very same. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> A private eye has trouble reconciling this mystery as it famously ends up in a place he has to forget and walk away from. A private eye. A place he wants... Can you repeat the question? He has to forget. A private eye has has trouble reconciling this mystery as it famously ends up in a place he has to forget and walk away from. Uh, Abe? Abe? Shutter Island? Nope. Uh, it's an LA-based film. A private eye has trouble reconciling a this mystery as it famously ends in a place he has to forget and walk away from. I think I is know. this like a recent film? No, it's a '70s no. film. Uh, Abe. Abe. Chinatown. Chinatown is the correct answer. I should have said the two Jakes. <laughs> Here's the next one. All right. Two more. Is this the last one? Oh. Two more. Both this last. murder this murder mystery takes place down in sunny Orange hey! County involving a Beach City High School. Oh, I, I know. Oh, no. I, 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 I rung into early. I was going to say, Clue! Uh, it's not Clue. Anna. Anna? It's Brick. Brick is the correct answer. Brick. All right. Here's the last one. Last one. Two men with badges investigate this mystery at a hospital located on a specific location in Boston Harbor. Boston oh, on the water. Anna. Anna? Wait, it's not. The, on the waterfront? No, not on the waterfront. I'm, like, getting um, Mystic River. Incorrect. No, okay. For both? <laughs> well, two it's definitely not on the ba- waterfront. <laughs> two men with badges investigate this mystery at a hospital located on a specific location oh, in Boston Harbor. I mean, I want to say Abe Shutter Island. It is Shutter Island. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, what do you do this to me? All right. I didn't do anything. You you chiming in early <laughs> with an answer isn't my fault. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, thanks for the game, Aaron. Woo! Yeah. Anna, you got on the board a couple times, a few times here, but Abe, you oh. are the winner of this round of games. All right. I'm going to get you two now. Faster. It's called Scooby Episodes as Movies. What I'm going to be doing here is I'm going to be naming a Scooby episode, and then I will give you the actual description of the movie based on Metacritic or IMDb, and you guess the movie. Does that make sense? Nope. Say that again. (laughs) I'm going to be naming the title of a Scooby episode, Uh which is related to the movie that I want to, uh, the actual name Mm. of the movie. 
Got it. Okay. And I'll read you guys the uh, the description of the movie, and then you buzz in with your name and tell me the name of the movie. Okay. Here we go. Scooby episodes. Spooky space kook. Our deadly leprechaun is in space to woo a beautiful princess who is impressed with his gold and desires to separate him from it. Aaron. Aaron. Leprechaun in four in space. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, spooky space kook. Uh, next one here. Scooby's night with a frozen fright. When an elite crime squad's lead detective investigates the disappearance of a victim on the first snow of winter, he fears an elusive serial killer may be active again. With the help of a brilliant uh, recruit, the cop must connect decades-old cases to a brutal new one if he hopes to outwit the unthinkable evil before the next snowfall. Oh, Anna. Anna. The snowman? That is right. It is he the gave snowman. you all the clues. Literally. <laughs> he just gave you all the clues. He just read them out loud. <laughs> <laughs> the next one here. The creepy culture. Uh, the creepy creature of Vulture's Claw. A young Peter Parker begins to navigate his newly found identity. <laughs> hey, it's what they wrote! <laughs> to identify his uh, identity as a web-slinging superhero. Thrilled by his experience with the Avengers, Peter returns home he lives with his Aunt May under the watchful eye of his new mentor, Tony Stark. Aaron? Peter tries to fall back. Aaron. Spider-Man colon homecoming. That is the one with the vulture. Yeah. Next one here. Don't go near the Fortress of Fear. In a twist of the fairy tale, the huntsman ordered to take Snow White into the woods to be killed. Anna. <laughs> Anna. Is it all? It's oh. Snow White and the Huntsman? That's correct. Snow White yeah. and the Huntsman. <laughs> uh, the next like, one here. Drop some names or change some names. And no, that's, that's part of the charm of the game. What are you talking about? It's supposed to be easy. <laughs> next one here. The Warlock of Wimbledon. <laughs> At the historic 1980 Wimbledon Championships, rising star John McEnroe sets his sights on dethroning reigning champ Bjorn Borg, sparking an unprecedented media frenzy in the tennis world. Uh. Center of the hype are two legendary tennis icons with polar opposite personas and approaches to the game. Aaron. Aaron. Borg versus McEnroe. Borg versus McEnroe. Yeah, I was trying to think what that movie was called. That's the one with Shia, right? The Warlock of Wimbledon. The next one here. The Secret of Shark Island. Nancy is surfing alone on a secluded beach when she is attacked by a great white shark and stranded just a short distance from the shore. Though she is only 200 yards from her survival, getting there proves to be the ultimate contest of wills aaron aaron the shallows the shallows is correct sung by bradley cooper and lady gaga and shaggy Uh, and scooby and shaggy the next one here the weird winds of wyona in an expedition of the uncharted american wilderness legendary explorer hugh glass is brutally attacked by a bear and left for dead by members of his own hunting team in a quest to survive glass endures unimaginable grief as he, uh, as well as the betrayal of his confidant, John Fitzgerald. Aaron. Aaron. Oh. The Revenant. The Revenant. Mm-hmm. The Weird Winds of Winona. <laughs> uh, the next one here. The gruesome game of the Gator Ghoul. When a massive <laughs> hurricane hits her Florida hometown, Haley ignores evacuation orders in order to search for wow. her missing father. Finding him gravely injured in the crawl space of their home, the two become trapped in the quickly encroaching floodwater. Oh, Anna. 
Anna. Oh, wait. But I don't know the name of this movie. Crawl. Crawl is correct. Got it. <laughs> it did take me a second, too. I was like, what, what was that called? <laughs> uh, next one here. It's mean. It's green. It's the mystery machine. Hundreds of years after civilization was destroyed by a cataclysmic event, a mysterious young woman, Hester Shaw, emerges as the only one who can stop London, now a giant predator on wheels from devouring everything in its path. Oh, Aaron. Anna. Oh. I'm going to give this to Anna. Oh, but I can't think of it now. Aaron! It's the, it's that one we saw with, like, and I sent you the picture with, like, the scarf around my face. Mortal Engines. There you oh. go. Last one here. Rira <laughs> Ross Regus. Uh, in this remake of the 1960s Rat Pack heist movie, Clooney plays Danny Ocean, a man of action attempting to orchestrate the most sophisticated, elaborate casino heist in history. Anna. Anna. Ocean's Eleven? Ocean's Eleven is correct. A tight race, young ones. However, Aaron, <laughs> you come out on top with two over uh, Anna. If I would have got more engines. <laughs> it could have been, been a tie. Or even, like, the shark one, because I was just, like, I see it, and I like, try to think of the title. But good job. That was so much fun. I mean, I, I do like, if they had named The Shallows the Secret of Shark Island, I, I think more people would have seen it. <laughs> I mean, people, it was a hit, so I mean. Yeah, I know. This budget was, was also, like, $2. Game. That was that, Scooby episode as movies. That was a well, fun game. Those are fun games. Yeah, it was fun for everybody, was, yeah. That was clever, of like, having the mist, like, the title from the shows into movies and then Aaron with like the mystery. Yeah. That was fun. And I of like course it's food. Yeah, the food was great too. That very that similar to Aaron, fun. I was thinking of like, oh well let me think of movies that have a mystery and you guys could tell me who solved the mystery. But I was like, mm-hmm. Aaron's probably gonna think of something very similar. Well, it's not too similar. Mine's just like where the mystery is. And that's yeah. yeah. I would have been like, who actually cut off Luke's hand? Aha, Darth Vader. What one of those big mysteries? <laughs> Is right. Leia and Luke are they brother and sister? Aha, it's episode two. It seems, seems or, a lot more like a Star Wars movie now than yeah. a Star Wars movie game. I've been watching a lot of Star theme. Wars. <laughs> that was so much fun. I was so close. That was well, pretty good. Yes. Well, I'm glad you had fun. But sadly, all fun <laughs> things have to come to an end because that's going to do Aww. it for this week's episode of Another <laughs> With all that in mind, you can find all of my work, my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I'm also writing at We Live Entertainment and Why So Blue, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag Scooby Dooby Doo. Nailed it. <laughs> Anna Bosch, where can people find more of you? On Twitter at right to recite Also coming soon, a blog. What? <laughs> Dropping a bomb. <laughs> Very cool. You what can the find hell a- with Aaron. <laughs> you can find all the other episodes about now third name on iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, or HHWLOD. Feel free to email us your thoughts on Scoob or anything else over at OutNowPodcast at gmail.com. Or run our Facebook wall, Facebook.com slash Outnow Podcast, or tweet at us at Twitter.com slash Outnow underscore podcast. And of course, our Instagram page, Instagram.com slash Outnow underscore podcast as well. And again, be sure to leave us iTunes reviews and ratings. Those will really help our show. Thank you, Anna, for joining us for this Thank you, episode. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. For sure. 
And thanks to listeners for listening. Tune in next week uh, and for later this week. We'll have a bonus episode and some more fun going on as we always do. But until next time, so long. And bye. See you.